What do you think, Rosie? Should we do astrology now? One beep for yes, two beep for no. Well, that's 24 beeps. All right. Astrology it is. Do you buy your thumb in a suit? Is that a challenge? Do you buy your thumb in a suit? Come on, let's have a duel. Challenge accepted. If you want to, want to, want to come over. Do you want to, want to, want to go ride? If you want to, want to, want to come over. Do you want to, want to, want to go ride? If you want to, want to, want to come over. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Do It or Else podcast. You clicked on it, you're here to find out about me, Dustin, and my friend... Oh, me, Ryan. Hey. That's Ryan. He, he, just, he just got here. And yeah. uh, we are here to tell you a little bit about ourselves and our own personal inventories. Isn't that right? Yeah, man, this week's challenge was uh, like take a personal inventory and then take a bunch of tests, the Myers-Briggs, uh, your astrolog astrological sign, and your Enneagram. Three different types of tests that when, uh, I guess, uh, when you put yourself into these certain categories, you can find out reasons why you behave one way or the other. So, uh, you know, why am I so disorganized? I don't know. <laughs> Why do I feel the way I feel? It's because of these personality tests, not because of anything ever happened in my past or my upbringing. I don't think. Obviously, no. This is this yeah. is all about how you were born. This is nature yeah. over nurture. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the, the genetics, the genetics, <laughs> and the stars alignment have exactly created me. You ready to no, get I into think, it? Yeah, I'm ready to get into it. Please stay tuned. Don't turn this off just because I might have like made some shade at maybe Zodiac signs or whatever. Hey, we're going to throw a lot of shade on a lot of things here. Just wait and see. But the shade is intimate and the shade is, I think, helpful Yeah, for myself. Yeah. Let's uh, cast some light and see some shadows. Let's do it. Rock the ukulele. <laughs> Hey, Ryan, I am actually uh, ready to learn about how I became me. Okay. I want to learn the origins of me and not just my mom and dad meeting oh so long ago at a Kentucky Derby party, from what I'm told. Oh, oh is that where you were? Uh... That's why I'm so fast. Oh. Yeah, because I have horse blood. I've got <laughs> the I've got the energy of the horse uh streaming through their ears and their brains while their love was performed. <laughs> Ew. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get in our way, way back machines and take it uh, to ancient Greece. No, even before that, to the ancient Babylonians. Whoa, I've never been there before. Yeah, we haven't been here yet. We uh, missed our stop. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll make it. Yeah. Out. Don't worry. <laughs> So uh, the this all starts, we're going to start with the Zodiac here. So these three personality tests, the first we're going to start with the first one that we all kind of engage with in our life, which is the signs of the Zodiac, your astrological sign, your horoscopes. The ancient Babylonians, uh, pretty pretty civil, like pretty like advanced civilization, honestly, for how yeah, ancient very they advanced. are. 
very advanced. They're the first culture to make the newspaper and was, put oh, yeah. signs in the newspaper for everyone to read. There you go. So they you want to you want to know some other cool stuff about the newspaper? <laughs> Check out our other episode about comics. Remember? Yeah, we did a we did a whole challenge all about us drawing comics. They, they remember in the newspaper. They remember. Yeah, and the Babylonians they put little sketches in there in their newspapers too. But so in addition to making newspapers, they paid attention to the stars in the sky. Um, they were ain't nothing uh, else going on. Ain't nothing else going on. They were among the first to kind of realize that the moon controlled the tides and uh, sort of women's menstruation, that, that, that it was kind of obvious that the moon had some gra- oh, gravitational whoa. pull on us and was doing something. Very, uh, okay. And they became incredibly good at predicting things by looking at the moon and the stars. Uh, like, they could predict eclipses, which is pretty advanced. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like, they would do this thing, the Babylonians would do this thing, where they thought eclipses were a way for the gods to come and kill their king. So they would hide their king, and then they would make a fake king, and then they would kill that fake king to appease Mm -hmm. the gods. And then, you know, the eclipse was over, so the real king gets to come out. So that means the kings of Babylon never got to see the eclipses, which is sort of a bummer. You don't think they were, like, peeking out from behind a curtain or whatever spider hole they were in? Maybe the gods would find them. Ooh, okay. Right, and we're talking solar and lunar eclipses. I assume so. Whenever, yeah. whenever the lights go out. Yeah, I assume so. Mm, horrifying. Yeah. So the uh, the Babylonians then pass this knowledge on. Uh, eventually, the Greeks share this knowledge with them. Um, also, the Indian cultures sort of have it, and both the Greeks and the Indians discover that the Earth moves like a gyroscope, like in this weird kind of oblong circle circular motion that takes like 10,000 years because mm. they're charting these stars every night and they're realizing that, oh, some stars are here these days, some stars are here those days, and they start to make these constellations, right? Cool. And so they're reading into it. Um, they, however, think that the Earth is at the center of the galaxy, which is a thought that would, you know, keep going for hundreds and thousands mm-hmm. of years. Um, and eventually they start taking a lot of meaning in these constellations, uh, and they create these signs of the zodiac that are based on your birth date, basically where the stars were the day you were born. Um, and in more recent decades or years, the system has changed because of you know because the Earth moves in this gyroscopic motion. Uh, mm-hmm. The stars are not the same in the fall as they were in the fall a hundred years ago. That that keeps yeah. changing. Yeah. But so they, the zodiac signs kind of got separated from the stars and they became seasonal signs. Um, and there are all these suppositions about how a person might behave and be uh, based on the season that they're born in. And there's a lot of people uh, have some conflicting scientific ideas about this. Obviously, people don't want to agree with it right off. But there's some good sense that the season in which you were born would affect your gestation in some way, maybe the foods or the temperature available to you in the womb or when you're first born or to your mother, Uh, perhaps those could have some effect on a person as they grow. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, So if you ask, if you poll Americans, uh, (laughs) about 10% of Americans think it's a very scientific system. Uh, Zodiac. Yeah, the Zodiac. And then like another like 30, 40% think it's sort of scientific. And then half of us think it's not scientific. I'm kind of in the sort of range. Like, um, and we'll, we'll, of course, we'll talk about our own Zodiac think, signs. But yeah, I think we should talk about our 
zodiac signs. Yeah. Right now. Oh, you want to do it I now? Think, okay. I think we we'll do it should. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's feeling good. What's kind of like how, like the zodiacs make me feel. Well, what the zodiac? What is Ted yours? Cruz, all of them. What? What's uh, yours? It's Ted Cruz's dad. He's yeah. <laughs> I'm the Sagittarius. I'm a Sagittarius. I'm um, uh, from November 22nd to December 21st. I am. My birthday is November 25th. So okay. I believe they call me a cusp. Right. Sagittarius, whatever whatever that means. Who I don't knows? I didn't look too much into it, but I think it means I've got a little bit of the I think it's the Scorpio that's before Sagittarius. Okay. I think. Um so like I'm a I'm a Scorp Sag or whatever. Um but I'm an archer. I'm a, I'm a I'm a I'm an archer, like bows and arrows. <laughs> okay. I'm a fire sign. I don't know what that means. Okay. Um, it means but, so there's three kinds of signs, I think. There's fire, water, and earth, maybe. Maybe there's okay. air or something, but yeah. So you're okay. you're controlled by the sun, is what they would say. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I so I went to allure.com for my reading, and before I really got into it, I was like, okay, what is a Sagittarius? What does that mean? My like, I guess prejudgment of it is that Sagittarius are optimistic and aloof and unpredictable that can get into trouble easily. Like that's me. I feel like that's me, and. You know, they're saying that the the Sagittarius launches its many pursuits like blazing arrows because I'm an archer, of course. Okay, um, wait, say the first thing again. So you you say the first thing again. The of the zodiac sign yeah. or my prejudgment. You um, pre no 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 of the zodiac sign. Yeah, it's uh, the last fire sign of the zodiac. Okay, Sagittarius launches its many pursuits like blazing arrows. Mm. Chasing after geological or sorry, geographical, intellectual, and spiritual adventures fueled by wanderlust, these archers can be found traversing all corners of the world on thrill-seeking expeditions. Wow! It's no, it's no surprise that Jupiter, the planet of abundance and spirituality and growth, governs Sagittarius. With so many journeys under their belt, Sagittarius are excellent storytellers. And their exhilarating tales and infectious laughter can light up a room. Uh, hey man, sages, I'm gonna like, say I'm gonna say this. This feels accurate. Feels kind of accurate, right? Um, that, but there's a, there's another part here. Uh, it says there are no bullshit. Bluntness is unmatched. I don't think I'm. You are not blunt. I'm not blunt. You are like, sweet, uh, and you and you I don't, you are not blunt. Yeah, I don't like to rock the boat. Um, I like to rock the boat with, like, bad humor, but I don't like to rock your personal boat if I'm like, you know, Ryan? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Your skin is, your skin is looking a little bad today. Whoa. Like, here's here's a here's a moisturizer that oh. I've been using, and I think you'll really like it. I'm not going to say that, buddy. No, you're not going to um, be that blunt. Yeah, but I'll be like, hey, Ryan, how do you feel about going to a spa with me today? What right? And well, the first part, the I'll, part I'll that I'll pay seemed, for a facial. This, the, <laughs> the first part about you like wanting a whole bunch of uh, activities in front of you is definitely accurate. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, it says, uh, Sagittarius must remember to keep their sharp tongues in check. Um, they know a lot. They don't know everything. That's true. Ask my wife. And if they're not careful, they can come off as pretentious and arrogant. I might have put my foot in my mouth a couple yeah, times. Yeah, but you don't come. That's not accurate. So you you are not sharp tongue, and you don't come off as pretentious and arrogant. Okay. I don't think. And then, thank you. I don't think so either. And then uh, the last paragraph. Maybe it's because I'm a cusp. I'm not a full Sagittarius. Mm. Um, 
Sagittarius is a mutable sign, meaning it is associated with adaptability and flexibility. This perfectly reflects the archer's deep-rooted desire for change. Sagittarians are born to explore, and it's critical that these archers have freedom to roam. Um, Sagittarius rules the thighs, because I think there's something to do with different body parts in the zodiac sign as well. Oh, that I didn't I know didn't that. Really get into. <laughs> yeah, it's like this whole, like, there's like the head, the gut, shoulders, like different. Whatever. But your thighs, uh, baby. I'm the thighs, baby. It means I'm, I'm always on the move. I, I got to run. And, uh romantically Sagittarians seek a co-pilot and these adventurous lovers resent any boundaries so constant motion is essential for any Sagittarius relationship if you're lucky to link up with one of these archers be sure to buckle up and have your passport ready with Sagittarius it's always a wild ride so that's pretty wild man I did mine uh, I looked my uh, astrological sign up and I've been aware of this you've been aware of your of your sign before right I've I've known who I am as a, as a star child. Right. So me as a star child, I've always been very pleased with my sign. I'm an Aries. Ooh, yes. Uh, which is God also a fire sign. Yeah, it's the ram, I think, in the in their little pictograms or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And like, so here's the strengths. The strengths are courageous, determined, confident, enthusiastic, optimistic, honest, and passionate. Uh, which honestly, dude, I'm, I'm pretty okay with those, right? Weaknesses, impatient, moody, short-tempered, impulsive, aggressive. That's absolutely yep. true. Agree with those. Aries likes comfortable clothes, taking on leadership roles, physical challenges, individual sports. All of that's accurate. Cool. Definitely Aries, the comfortable clothes part. Yeah, I love my, I'm, I'm sitting here in a, in a big soft hoodie right now. Yeah. Aries dislikes inactivity, delays, work that does not use one's talents, which is obvious. So, again, like you, I'm a fire sign. Uh I've mm-hmm. always been proud of the fact that the Aries is the first sign of the Zodiac. I take some oh, sort okay. of like weird, <laughs> like unearned pride in being first somehow. And it's not alphabetical, is it? No. And it's not based on the uh, the calendar either. Like the okay. everything I've always read about the Aries is that they're like, and I don't think I am, but they say that they're alphas, that they're the, mm. sort of the first, the, they take on leadership roles. They're not necessarily the smartest or the uh, most capable, but they're just going to do things. Which, you mm-hmm. know, I, I identify sort of with that. Yeah. So I've always I've always felt kind of okay with my sign. And I feel like it reads me pretty okay. I've never found something mm-hmm. about an Aries that I was like, nope. But that's kind of the problem right. with these, right? The problem they, with astrological yeah. signs is that they are basically positive. They very rarely say something negative about the person. Uh, and it's easy to associate yourself with positive stereotypes. Mm-hmm. But honestly, sitting right here, I wouldn't say that I'm a Sagittarius. And I wouldn't say that you're an uh-huh. Aries, right? Sure, yeah. But I would say you sound like that thing and I sound more like this thing. Um, mm-hmm. Which is something I noticed on all three of these and we can get into it as we go, but... Uh, I'm more like them than not like them is what I noticed. Yeah, yeah. I think it's 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 a it's a it, uh, it's very general, but if you look at it from like a bird's eye view, yeah, like I'm right there. I I am that. Right. I am in this camp of type of people. And I think one of the greatest values here is it's obviously not scientific. Um, I don't know really how the stars could be possibly controlling our personalities i don't and, it, and since the stars change right the stars are not the same stars 
they were a couple hundred years ago. How is this? Mm-hmm. How is this even possibly accurate? This is seasonal. Uh, I don't really know how it is, but what it does is it gives people a language to discuss their inner lives with one another, uh, and like mm-hmm. a set of yeah. words and terminology to to share our our inner feelings together. And I think that's the real value of of the horoscope of astrological science, the zodiac. And and it also gives you more of a, um, I'm not going to say like a pass or something, but it can help you justify your certain thought patterns and behaviors. And sometimes, you know, you might, without the Zodiac, you're like, why do I, why am I feeling this way? Why, why do I feel smothered? Why do I feel yada, yada, yada? And then if you can like map that to a Zodiac, it's like, well, for thousands of years, people like you have felt this way because of X and Y and Z. And also the moon is full and high in the East while, um, Jupiter is in retrograde, blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> right. It gives you a bunch of, of your answers yeah. outside of your control. Yeah. So for yeah. that reason, I hate it. I think people should uh, take responsibility for themselves in the way that they behave in the world. I feel responsible when I act poorly in the world, I should re- feel responsible for that. I should not blame that on Jupiter being in retrograde. Do you not agree? Agree. Yeah. And I don't even know if it's Jupiter that goes into retrograde. I think it's Mercury. Whatever. Don't at me. All but right? it's it seems it's to Mercury. me it's and so so that's my pull and like give and pull with the zodiac is that I like identifying as the Aries, but when I see it like a religion being used as an excuse for certain behaviors that are abhorrent, or you know just as a freaking excuse, like there aren't any excuses. Mm. Like behave better, right? Yeah. Right. All right. Let's and let's move on. Let's. Well, no. Let's move on. Yeah? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. One, two. All right. Hey, is that uh, Coach Urban Meyer? No, of it's, the, mis- uh, it's, it's Mrs. Briggs. Oh, hello. This is Mr. Meyer calling for Mrs. Briggs. Hello. Yeah, so I the heard. Meyer, <laughs> you heard what? What'd you hear? No, go ahead. Do it. What'd you hear? I heard you recently were divorced, and you might be free to join me on a on a little date night. Is Urban Meyer single? I don't know. I know he's disgraced. Something bad. Really? Something. He. I think he 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 knew of certain things or did certain things. Oh, that's what know. it was. A coach on his staff hit his wife, and he didn't do anything about it. That's that's shitty. what it was. That was shitty. the one. Like yeah. they, yeah, they knew it was an abusive relationship or whatever. That's terrible, but not as not as bad as Joe Paterno. Yeah, not as bad. But I, it's this whole thing of how much should you know about other people? Yeah. As an employer, are you really responsible to know about the home lives of your employees? But I guess Joe Paterno's thing that was going on at work, right? For years, yeah. They should have done a a a a personality assessment. To they really should. So this is the uh, now we're going to talk about the Myers Briggs personality assessment, and this is used. By like most of the top corporations in the United States and yeah. around the world, it's used by dozens of federal agencies and and companies and agencies use this to assess basically what kind of people their employees are and put them in various jobs. Mm-hmm. And also to like figure out cohesion tactics and how you can uh, delegate certain roles to certain people that would be better at right. certain things just innately. And the sort of the history of this one starts back in 1921 with this uh, early, early psychologist, Carl Jung, 
um, mm-hmm. who he he thought that there were uh, basically nine. Well, not nine, but that that each individual fell into a certain personality type was this idea he had. Uh, but he himself would say that like you couldn't really quantify that because each individual is the exception to the rule is what he said. Mm, that's um, cool. Uh, but his ideas made it to the United States, and in the way that Americans do, uh, Isabel Briggs and her daughter, uh, I can't remember her first name, but her last name was Myers-Briggs, um, they were not psychologists, but they put together this test of 53 questions to assign people these personality types based on Carl Jung's theories. Okay, um, so definitely not not psychologists, just just avid like they're they're really good at taking surveys and tests like remember when you'd go to the mall and they'd be like would you like to make 20 bucks and take a survey on orange juice flavors or or when you go to the doctor's office and you're waiting for your mom and you're looking at a cosmo magazine and you're taking a little the crazy little test in the back this this is a lot like that you take a 53 question i don't know there's 53 um personality types you could have but you take a 93 question test to determine which of these and they they measure you basically okay. on four four key things so mine was an ENFP and we can get into that ENFP but each one of those is is basically there's two options and so you're one of those four each way down the line um this test so there's, so there's really like 16 different outcomes there's right? uh, it said 53 oh i'm a dumb, i'm done right cuz 53 it's, questions or no 53? it's exponential right so you have four options that could be a b um i'm gonna be blunt right now i don't think you're using exponential the right way okay i don't know at all i don't think you're wow. meaning what you mean <laughs> who knows how many personality types using that word be. i don't think you know what that means <laughs> so this becomes a company um and they're called cpp and they make and administer this test and they they create trainers and you apply to be a a Myers-Briggs assessor and you you go to companies and you give this test and you tell people who they are. Um, this test is completely unscientific. Mm-hmm. Uh, users can regularly get different answers within five weeks, like a, a different result of what your personality oh, wow. is. So it's it's not uh, it's not hard science, but it's it's sort of pop psychology and people love it. It's very, very popular. Um, did, did you did you do it? What was your experience with it? I've taken it. Uh, before so Casey my wife she is actually one of these Myers-Briggs facilitators oh no so <laughs> did I step into it, something she does it for work and I, oh I, no probably I'm sorry. bring her in maybe for this one but yeah is she there um, she is actually not there and okay. uh, she'd probably say we have completely misled our audience on what the Myers-Briggs test actually does sure with all the Various numbers were thrown around there, uh, but I also am an ENFP. Oh, we and, got the same thing. And I was that when I first took the test, when Casey was practicing her facilitation stuff, I took like the the official one. Uh-huh. Um, and I was also an ENFP, and she was just like, "Yeah, not surprising." Next, like, <laughs> duh, this is totally what you are. Yeah. So, what um, is an ENFP for the, for our experience? Yeah, so like when I, the the website I went to, they kind of did a very generic type of the the Myers Briggs test where they kind of broke down each, um, uh, I guess they they generalized the test and gave um, 
different types of names. So like the problem solver, the you know, the janitor, the champion, the doer, that kind of stuff. Okay, what's the ENFP? <laughs> and, yeah, the ENFP was called the champion. And okay. I thought I was I thought I was the doer. Um, uh-huh. but I think if if I understand it correctly that the Myers-Briggs um, is kind of like a, a you know, do you strongly agree? Do you somewhat agree? You know, it's kind of like a yeah. You answer on a question. scale, yeah, and then you yeah. get a percentage in this <laughs> barrel or that barrel. Yeah, and I can see how a lot of these questions, depending on my mood and like, maybe I had a shitty day, maybe I had a good day, I, I might swing from neutral to somewhat likely or strongly agree, like whatever. I might it might push me from like just neutral to I'm feeling good. I'm a little extra today, and it might move me one way or the other. Um, but ENFP, the champion, uh, they it says you know you have excellent people skills, which I think I do. Uh, I'm a I'm a salesman uh, by trade, um, so that lines up. Uh, it's so weird that a, we have the exact same one. Yeah, but we are very different people, you and I. But we are also like at our core, I think, the same person because we've been friends for so long. Okay. Like, <laughs> Uh, we both have, I mean, for us anyway, which um, I think is very evident in the Enneagram, but we both have like this uh, energy and desire for new experiences and new things. And maybe that's our, you know, my diagnosed ADHD and maybe you have undiagnosed ADHD or you just, I don't know. Oh, I've but, diagnosed uh, ADD. I, it was before cool. they had the HD, but before I will say when I've when I've taken this test in the past, I've got ENFP a few times before, but I've also several times got INFP, and I think the distinction there is extrovert versus introvert, okay. and that is where this test for me breaks down because it assumes what were the four what are the four options again or what? the eight options for each letter? I'm not so sure. Extrovert, introvert, and then in isn't that intuition? Or <laughs> I don't know. Do you I want me to know. look it up? Yeah, look it up. All right, um, wait a second. We'll we'll just edit this out real quick. Myers Briggs letters. Okay, okay, I got it here. All right, so ask me the question again. Okay. Um, hang on. Let me just double check here. Twenty six nineteen. Edit. And I think it will be something like. So yeah, I mean, before we you go do, into it you any further, no, it's fine. Okay. Um, before we go into it any further, what? Let's just remind everyone what those eight letter combinations are. So we just said introversion, extroversion. That's the first letter set. Right. So, so extroversion E and I. Then you've got your S and N, which is sensing versus intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an interesting way they did that. They used they capitalized the second letter. Of intuition, yeah. yeah, but I like it. You know, they're not well. They couldn't have well. They didn't want to have two eyes, so they already had introversion. So they couldn't have intuition also as an eye. That's a smart thing to do. Right. I take back what I said. So then they had <laughs> uh, thinking versus feeling, like how you would prefer mm-hmm. to make decisions. Um, and then your outer life is a judging versus perceiving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, if you want to break me down, I'm extroverted. Uh, when it says like sensing or intuition, you know, I lean typically on all things with my gut. And mm-hmm. that also leads to my feeling. I'm a feeler, uh, I think, but 
I'm motivated by my feelings and then judging or perceiving. I don't, I'm not critical. I don't scrutinize things, looking in the details too much. It's just like if I get a good feeling, if my intuition is good, and that all leads me to perceiving that the world and this choice is good. Right. And I, I have the same answers, but my my bone to pick with this test is that if I look at my numbers, I'm right on the middle in a lot of these things. Okay. But because I'm slightly more one thing, the test tells me, you know, I'm more feeling than thinking. Mm-hmm. While <laughs> that's like good for the test to give me a result, the test doesn't want to give me an inconclusive result. But I think, unfortunately, human beings give inconclusive results, right? You don't yeah. always make feeling decisions. Sometimes you make thinking decisions. And it de- depends on circumstance. Um I mean, that's as clear as clear as I could say it. It depends on circumstance. And that's what I don't like about this test is that it puts you into a pocket where perhaps it should have left you in the middle. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And and that's because it was not made by scientists. And it is now the board that runs uh, CPP. Uh, They're great people. And I think they do a lot of help, just like the Zodiac in giving people uh, a language to discuss their personal lives and their feelings and the way they behave in the world. And it definitely gets closer than not to who they yeah. are as a personality type. It's the best system we have, right? So it gets for, closer to For the to corporate it. world, for the yeah. corporate world, it has become, I guess, just by by uh, the market forces, it's the, this the preferred one. But I still don't <clears throat> agree with everything on here. Like, um, you know, one that I do agree with is that they strongly dislike routine and prefer to focus on the future. Like as far as focusing on the future, I don't think I plan too f- that far ahead. Oh, of that's me. Inc- at least with at least with this podcast for a week at a time. Yeah, we're just like, a yeah live a day. I'm, yeah, I'm not thinking too far into like 2020. That's I'm interesting. Thinking, do you do you? Do you live your life like, oh, I can't wait for this next vacation that I have planned? Maybe that more. I feel like I'm more like the calendar just creeps up on me. And with work and with my the way my work is kind of broken down by certain date deadlines, I'm thinking of like small incremental deadlines where I'm working having to generate, you know, bids and paperwork and yeah. stuff for, for that. And then I send it off and... I have to mentally flush everything I did for two weeks and then start a whole new process for another client. And it's just, I don't think too far in the future. I guess I'm thinking small futures, but, um, I know this not, makes perfect sense. I'm not sense planning to me. a vacation for next year, you know? Absolutely. I've, I've never planned anything more than a few months ahead of myself. Mm-hmm. I don't think ever. Yeah. Um, and perhaps this is the real value of this test is opening up this kind of conversation. Like we've been saying, it allows people to more accurately describe their feelings. I think if if a corporate boss was taking this test and just sorting people based on the result, that would be a huge mistake. But I think mm-hmm. listening and having a dialogue, this this seems very useful for that. Yeah. 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 All right. In in the well, in the interest of a dialogue, would you like to continue further to the Enneagram? Yes. Hey, Ryan, would you rather have an innie or an Audi? I'd rather have an innie. Yeah, an enneagram. Oh! 
yeah. put some theoretical peanut butter on my Enneagram crackers and let me just go take a nap. So this is our third test of three, the Enneagram. And this, Dustin, how long ago did you first hear about the Enneagram? Um, I actually did the Enneagram with my wife uh, earlier in the year during, uh, like after the, the new year, we decided to kind of give ourselves a little new year's resolution and we did the we read a book like the enneagram book and uh, learned a good bit about it and the different archetypes that this test this system um highlights and i liked it um i think it's i think it's different in the other tests that it it not only kind of shows you your strengths and weaknesses but it it kind of also highlights why you behave that way your motivations in in, yeah in your motivations as far as like what you strive to be like what in your head what your the best picture could be absolutely what your what a healthy version of you would aspire to and what an unhealthy version of you can fall into um if you're not like focusing on certain um exercises to either build up empathy or to you know decrease uh your temper or kind of whatever i I like that well before we get too myopic here we should set the stage a little bit about what the enneagram is so the enneagram is a great um the enneagram is great people listen listen to me shut up it's great it's a test very similar to the myers-briggs um, or you, you don't have to do it through a test. A lot of people do it through tests. You could just read the types and kind of, uh, into it, which one you are, or take a class and have a teacher kind of like coach you through it. Um, but it's also easy to take a, a, a test similar to the Myers-Briggs on this kind of spectrum type scale that fits you into one of nine personality types. Um, I was only recently introduced to this through like the, um, Pete Holmes, uh, you made it weird podcast where he talks about like I spiritual like things all the time. I like I like Pete Holmes. He's a funny guy. Yeah, he was talking to Rhett and Link, um, those like famous YouTube guys, and they were talking about their enneagram and how like important it was to them. Um, so I looked it up, and they were discussing it as it as if it were some ancient spiritual system that's been around forever. Uh, I could it's, not it's find any. New. Yeah, it's super new. I couldn't find any evidence of that. So there's some people who who like tie it back they to might, this third century m- might. monk. But it, it yeah. he didn't make it. Um, then there's like these turn of the century. There's this dude, uh, George Gurdiff, who um, was kind of this Russian swindler. Like he would take canary. No, he would take like they called him bush birds and he would dye them yellow and sell them as canaries. Uh, and he <laughs> he is kind oh, of, a con man. Yeah. Uh, on a, a long list of con men that have started some type of thought patterns or religions. Right. And so he actually became a really important like philosophy type thinker. He uh he said that people were in a walking sleep and that they needed to be woken up and and made more conscious. And he like apparently traveled to the Middle East all the time and came back to Russia with all these fancy new ideas. Um and his work has inspired like a set of other thinkers. So Oscar Isaccio, I think it is actually invented the Enneagram in, in its sort of form um, in the 30s and 40s. Yeah. Um, and he he thought it was a, a good way to break... This is a guy from South America, and he thought it was a good way to break people from their egos. Obviously, psychology is so, growing all so the this time. Is, yeah, so this is a time in the world, I guess, when 
these types of thought sciences are becoming more popular because you said Myers-Briggs was in like the 20s and 30s. Exactly. This all This is in the 30s and 40s and mm-hmm. this is just south of the border where, you know, maybe the 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 consciousness brain soup was just all churning north and south of the border crossing languages and this was the beautiful version that thinking and culture from South America can yeah. Bring. So they come, a lot of this comes from Bolivia. And then the person who brought it from us is this Chilean born psychiatrist named uh, Claudio Naranjo, who actually like created the test and like gave the types names um, and created kind of the, the type of Enneagram that we engage with now brought that to the United States. Uh, when this Enneagram was shown to like previous generations, they didn't like it. They didn't support it. Um, they thought mm-hmm. it was like, a little unfair, but this made its way into the United States in the seventies and has since grown since the seventies. And the main person I think in the United States is this, um, Franciscan friar, uh, named Richard Rohr, who a lot of spiritualists will know about, uh, who's kind of like taken this and run with it. And it's become a pretty big movement amongst a lot of people. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you take this test and it, it gives you an answer. And uh, Dustin, what what's the answer it got you? It gives you one of nine numbers. What number did you get? I'm a number seven. Number seven. Yep. And I think that is a, like, with a bullet, I am a number seven. It's called the enthusiast. You know, there are like two different, you know, like you mentioned, there are two different schools of thought on the Enneagram. So there are two different names for each of these different systems, but they all mean the same thing. So I'm the enthusiast or the epicure uh, my ego fixation is anticipation or planning. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say more anticipation than actually going through the the steps and the details of planning something. So um, the holy idea is wisdom or a plan. Um, I don't know. Which you, you just said you don't plan. Yeah, I value wisdom though. So maybe I I prefer to gain wisdom after the error of the trial and error mm-hmm. basically i don't know i think that might be be more uh, my basic fears um and this is what i like about the enneagrams is that it does break down um kind of like your motivations and like you said this is going to talk about basic fears and it basic shows desires. much more negative uh parts mm-hmm. of your personality than the other tests do exactly which is cool um being being unfulfilled trapped or deprived um, those are your I fears. I, yeah, these are my fears, and this is like what you could think I'm trying to run away from. As far as being unfulfilled or trapped, I think I identify very much so with that fear of being put into a box, which I think is why I love doing the show with you, is that it allows my mind to run free from mm-hmm. week to week, um, while uh, you know doing these experiences that give me enjoyment, and I'm not. You know, like, I don't feel like I'm wasting my life doing the same thing every day. Yeah, I don't, you're right. I don't. Yeah. Like this, this is why I've traveled and I've done crazy jobs all the time. And it kind of brought me here because I didn't want to not taste that flavor. I didn't want to not try that thing. Um, so that has pushed me um, as my basic desires to be satisfied and content. That's what I really want. I want to be like, dude, I've done enough, man. I've I've done enough. I've seen enough. I'm ready to put down roots and, you know, relax. But I'm still motivate still motivated and pushing 
for like the next adventure. So that's where like my push pull is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the temptation is thinking of fulfillment is somewhere else, like in the next trip or in the next uh, relationship that I have or like, okay, that was bad. Whatever that, that negative feeling was that I experienced delete where's the the next thing like delete that flush it focus on something else and i'll get a better experience that i'm looking for from that down the road whatever it may be Mm -hmm. um and i'll be flexible so that leads to the the vices and passions of a number seven which is gluttony which i have a problem with um gluttony also is you know leads into addict behavior and addict thought and I have issues with substance abuse. I like to drink a whole lot when I'm with friends. I don't want to stop the party. Oh, hell I don't yeah. want to, I, don't, I don't black out. Like, I don't go crazy. But I also, if someone's like, I'll get one more beer. Or like, you want a beer? I'm like, yeah, I'll do one more with you. Like, I'm, I don't think I'll say, no, I really should go home and get to bed. Yeah. Like, I'm more of the camp, like, you can sleep in your dead type stuff. Hell yeah. But... Uh, it turns out sleep is super important to lasting a longer life. So make sure you get better sleep. But um, with that gluttony, I, I want more and more experiences. I want to have more people in my life. I want to hear. I want to feed off of your stories. I want to know what it's like to be uh, living out of a van for two years. I want to know what you did in Colorado on your weekend trip, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, did you say um, the name of this type? The type seven is the enthusiast. The enthusiast. Yeah, I think yeah. that that sums that up pretty clearly. Like you just yeah. like what other people like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, the virtue that you're pushing towards, what you what you aspire to be. This is saying sobriety, um, but it's 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 not saying it's just free of drugs or alcohol what what they mean by by sobriety in this sense is that it's just considered to be a natural state of a human of like going back to your roots you know being even being present you're not in either one uh side of life or the other you know you're back to the natural human state that you were given at birth which is like just being and you're not thinking of the future or the present you just are so it's kind of like the goal that i am desiring for uh, as an enthusiast you want that that balance but you th- i thrive on the on the outliers if something is really great or if something is really bad um specifically if something is bad i will try to quickly move into something that is good if that makes sense like absolutely I'm focus on the positives i'm going to focus on um you know the the adventure or the the positive experience that i think is going to happen no matter what the cost that has happened behind me or what i'm leaving behind because i'm off i'm going i'm you can't stop me hell yeah but yeah and i'll and i guess you know when we did this challenge part of the the podcast challenge was to also listen to this album and you listen to your song Enneagram type, which I, I'm excited to get to. Um, you want to talk about this album real quick? Yeah, please. Yeah. Um, the artist is this one guy, but he goes off of, it's not sleep no more. What is it? Sleeping, sleeping at last. Sleeping at last. Yeah. Sleeping at last is his, is this musical project name. I so guess. he, it used to be a band, um, back in the day, but he's since become a solo project. 
and he he's famous for like a lot of cover records that are really good. Um, he's this really lovely singer. I think his name's Ryan, isn't it? Um, yeah, Ryan Seal. Yeah, and he's this very thoughtful guy who made this record. Um, and I don't know if you know this, but did you know each song? So there's the nine songs. Each song on this, the musicians who accompany him are all that Enneagram type. Oh, neat. I didn't know that part. That's super cool. So for you, your seven song, you know, he's playing it. He's, I, I don't actually don't know what his, I actually, he's a nine. Yeah. He's a nine, he said, um, which is a very oh, cool. interesting type. But um, he uh, would only perform. So with yours, it's all other sevens. Um, That's awesome. Do we like, want to play I, a clip of your song or? Yeah, li- listen to this. This song is called Seven. Um, and this is interesting. I didn't know that all of these uh, backup performers were of the same Enneagram. That's cool. He's got like 20 people listed on this. Yeah. Uh, he just filled it with all these different people. Um, but give it a look or <laughs> give, give it the a website listen. a look. Give the website a look, sleepingatlast.com. Yeah, it's good. Um, it's good and music. It, and it, yeah, and it breaks down each uh, song that uh, he wrote. So check this out. Number seven, this is me. How nice it'd be if we could try everything. I'm serious, let's make a list and just begin. What about danger? So what, what about risk? Let's climb this mountain. Before we cross that bridge Cause I'm restless I'm restless I'm restless Whatever comes next How wonderful To see a smile on your face It costs fair Truly be here 
I love that song. I think it's I, a really good tune. I listen to it a lot, um, over and over. I mean, I probably listened to it twenty times this week, and every time I smiled and felt good at the parts that were positive. Um, and then when the the song changed and it like you got to the bridge, um, that that pause, that uh, the line of this bridge uh, is but I want to be here truly be here to watch the ones that I love bloom and I want to make room to love them through and through and through and through the slow and barren seasons too um, but the whole first part of the song is just like I can't I, I gotta I gotta go I gotta run I feel like I'm sinking when I'm standing in one place um, everything feels heavy I've learned to travel light um, uh, there's this other line is like how wonderful it is to see a smile on your face. It costs farewell tears for a welcome home parade. Like I have to leave. Yeah. And I can't wait to see you. You got to go to come but, home. Like, yeah, I have to go. Yeah. Like those, those lines really, really got to me. Yeah, I'm getting re- emotional right no, now. No, dude, and but, as well, you should, it's um, it, this experience, I'll get into my bit, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I recommend this. <laughs> I'll just go ahead and say it. I don't know what it's worth, but it's it's neat. Uh, you should do it. Um, do you want to hear a bit of mine? Yeah. And what number are you? I turned out, so I took the test. Um, I was I was skeptical um, because this this has tones of like religiousness associated with it. The enneagram, yeah, yeah. Uh, like the Jesuits use it a good bit. It's not like a Christian science or something, but. Uh, it's got tones of that. So I was skeptical. It's, it's a lot like the horrors, like the Zodiac. So I was like, okay, here we go. Um, so I took it, uh, got my results. They were kind of inconclusive, which I wasn't surprised by. Just like my opinion of the Myers-Briggs. I was, I was like, of course, you're not going to be able to tie me down. Um, but the thing I got most was a type three. Uh, did you look that up at all? Mm-hmm. So the type yeah, three the, is the, the achiever. The achiever. So I don't 
like that as a name. I'll, I'll just come right out because it says the success oriented, pragmatic type, adaptable, excelling, driven, image conscious. So there's parts of that I do associate with my personality and parts of it I don't. Um, yeah. Uh, let's let's see. Uh, I don't think of myself as a hard driven person like who's desperate to achieve. Um, there are other aspects of this personality type that I super identify with. So I'll, I'll, I'll say that now. The, the basic fear of this type is of being worthless. And mm-hmm. I could not tell you that is definitely, aside from, like spot on. aside from grizzly bears, like being worthless would be the <laughs> most uh, terrified I could be. Like not being uh-huh. useful would be horrible. I, uh, I've always thought mm-hmm. that I had a, you know, I, I always assumed everybody did, but I always thought I had some purpose in this life and to mm-hmm. find um and it i think that goes with also like just a, a perception like you can feel worthless like you can look at yourself and be like i have no value but then also like you put yourself out there you create something and you can still be perceived of being worthless if your idea is not yeah if know. my ideas are bad or not interesting or not fun for people um uh, the, at the same time, the basic desire is to feel valuable and worthwhile. Um, and like, mm-hmm. there was a lot of talk, uh, about like when you read into this stuff about like needing trophies and needing to be like congratulated for having done a good job. And like, dude, absolutely. Like I, I, I need attaboys. Um, it, yeah. Compliments, recognition. Yeah. Uh, this need to be affirmed, to distinguish themselves from others, to have an attention and to be admired and press up impress others and it got into a lot a lot of performers it turns out are threes um mm-hmm. and, and i i always describe you're, this you're to my band yeah i describe this to my yeah. bandmates over and over um the guys i've always played music with the parts that we enjoy uh of having played music i think um you know nick and andrew i think they really like the craft and of being really good at something i know that mm-hmm. they like the adulation but for me the I always say like, oh, what's your favorite part of the show? And people will say, and I was like, my favorite part is at the end when everybody clapped a lot. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the part that I yeah. I did the whole thing for. That's the whole reason I showed up uh, is because I wanted everybody to clap for me, <laughs> which is embarrassing, yeah. right? That's a that's an embarrassing part of my personality. Um, other parts of this. Oh said no, that- <laughs> I do not think that's embarrassing whatsoever. I think I don't think that's embarrassing. embarrassing. So, I mean, I think like that's not embarrassing. Or why would anybody do anything up on a stage the reason it's embarrassing dustin is it's shallow um so all i want is the adulation of the crowd i don't really i think i should want something deeper and more meaningful uh than just appreciation Uh, i think love would be a greater thing to be to aspire for so Mm -hmm. i i went into all this and i was still pretty skeptical um and then i decided to play the song and I actually Dustin I recorded myself listening to the song if you'll just play a few clips of that all right here's Ryan I found the Enneagram songs uh, sleeping at last let's listen to song three which was my first number
That's incredible. Uh, what is that? <laughs> uh, um, I'm like completely broken apart here. Yeah. Hey, Rosie. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, dude. So yeah, dude. I don't, I haven't seen, <laughs> um, so clearly I wept. I like openly wept and like kind of laughed a little hysterically because the the first line of the song is uh, maybe I've done enough, um, 
Mm-hmm. And it's all these bits of just not quite feeling like I've, I don't know. He, he writes these songs from the broken, I feel like from the broken place of this personality type from like your most vulnerable Did, position. Yeah. And you listen to all of the songs. Did I listen, listen to most album? of them. I have not listened okay. to all of them. Yeah. It, it, I think other than my song, number seven, the, the enthusiast, I feel like there's maybe a, a dark, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, they just feel kind of more melancholy. They, Maybe that's yeah, just his, your song his, his is very style. happy. Other ones, but it, it seems like he took into uh, account each person's feelings that they would need mm-hmm. to hear for their mm-hmm. own song. So this morning I did it with Courtney, and she turned out to be a two, which I could have guessed a million miles mm-hmm. away. And we played her song over breakfast today, and both of us like tried really hard not to cry because it was just this Aww. like hers is all about yeah. this like desperate need to be loved. And needing, like, just wanting to be with people. And, like, there's, I don't know, man. It's super accurate. So parts of my personality type weren't accurate. But what I see from yours and what the reaction I got from my song, I'm I'm more convinced than not. Oh, man. What a good, what a good challenge. This was great. Let's, let's rate this bad boy. Let's do it. Well, after all that, it's come to this part of the show. Every week, we make a custom review for the custom challenge that we experienced. No two people are the same. No two people have the exact same personality. And no two challengers are the same. So, Dustin, what's our custom scale this week? For my scale, (laughs) I'm going to focus on the Enneagram because that really meant the most to me. And I I think it meant the most to you. Um, I think the, the... I don't know, man. The Enneagram just works. It just works better for me. Yeah, I'm, it's a better pill to swallow, especially listening to this album. You know, it's just like, wow. It's, uh, it's weird that the album's new this year, too. Like, it's a 2018-19 record. Yeah. It's interesting well, that guess, we found it now, too. Yeah. It's, maybe it's just a recent thing that is getting popular in yeah. a culture to know thyself through the Enneagram. Um, but, but we'll do it. Uh, rating one through nine. Um one through the, nine. Uh, okay. Those yeah. Nine personality um, types. The nine being, I guess, the highest rating you could give it, and the one being the worst. Yeah, and if you are number one, you're not the worst. And if you are number nine, you're not the best. Just oh, they know. pump the brakes, they number know. nine. Okay. <laughs> if you look at those personality right. types, they know. Yeah. Number nine, the peacemaker, the mediator, they know. We're, they know. <laughs> they know. I, I'm okay. It's clearly me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, I'll just jump in. A number uh, rating scale, one through nine. This is a nine, everybody. It, this is uh, a valuable experience if you do all of them. If you want to do your um, Myers-Briggs, your Zodiac, or any other type of personality test, just do it with a grain of salt and know that you are not a report card. You are not a test result. You know, you are the culmination of your, your choices and your thoughts. And behaviors yeah you're a beautiful hu- whole human being i um went into this pretty skeptical although it was my challenge um i thought like 
I thought this episode would maybe end up being a little too navel gazy, a little too self focused, uh, <laughs> yeah, and like kind of annoying, fuzzy. yeah, yeah, a little fuzzy and a little annoying. Uh, but I don't think it was, and I I hope it wasn't. I hope it was actually interesting for folks. Um, I'm surprisingly going to give this a nine as well. This taking a, an assessment of yourself from time to time and those around you and kind of looking at things really clears the mind. I thought it would kind of cloud my mind with thoughts of myself, which I think are, you know, it's not, it's not great to be constantly thinking of yourself, but to be Mm -hmm. uh, examining yourself for a, for a week is not a bad thing. Uh, Don't continue taking tests every week and looking at the Cosmo and doing Buzzfeed tests every day. But uh, I would say do all three of these, like in the order that we did them so you can really get a clear picture of what they say about you and what you think they say about you. Um, it's, it's given me a clearer mind. Uh, I can perceive of what I actually should be doing a little bit more clearly. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not in like the muck of my brain. It's kind of, I don't know. It's a, what's that thing where they give you an enema to clean your colon? A colonic. Yeah. This has been a colonic for my brain. Your brain. Yeah. 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 So nine, two nines. This is the, this is uh, I think this is the first time we've both given it, both given it nine. Yeah. Well, as an enthusiast, I have to give it the maximum (laughs) score level. Um, and, uh, you as the, as the achiever, you, I guess you don't want to be outshined by my score. Is that about right? (laughs) Ah, it's about right. All right, Dustin, let's pick next week's challenge. Come on. Let's Let's, do it. Let's do it. Let's pick the next one. Last week was my challenge. This week is your challenge. Dustin, what are we doing? Brother, man, we've we've been on a, a good tear lately. Um, you know, we've been doing some mental challenges. This, I think, was more of like a emotional, spiritual, personal challenge, I guess, uh, what you'd call it. Um, we haven't done anything physical since I think our, our first real episode was uh run 10 miles well we did the wheelie that is physical i, I yeah. take that back um mm, i yeah okay oh and we held so our we breath did, we held our breath but i don't think of <laughs> you want to do something with okay. your muscles man what i want do you to do got? something with my muscles what do we do uh with my enthusiastic muscles i want to help you drop in on a skateboard Oh no! I, really? My challenge: I am going to, <laughs> oh, I am going to teach you how to drop in on a skateboard. Oh, so the man. challenge is: Dustin teaches Ryan how oh. to drop in on a skateboard. I'm terrified. You can okay. be terrified. It's okay. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Or else. So we are going to next week teach Ryan how to drop in on a skateboard. Whew. And if you've ever done it. If you want to share your own personal Enneagram stories, we had a friend talk, uh, hit us up on Instagram that she said she was a uh, number seven. So enthusiasts unite, give us there a shout out, but we're nice. at do it or else pod on Instagram. Yeah. That's, pod, that's the baby. fun community. People hop on there. We're having a good time. If you don't think mm-hmm. you belong, you do. We'll love you there mm-hmm. at do it or else pod on Instagram. You could also email us, uh, do it or else pod at gmail.com is that right that's right dude oh that's i right. nailed it and you can also Got it. give us a phone call at mm-hmm. 724 do it pod baby 724 do it pod leave us a voicemail we'll put you on the show you'll be famous mm-hmm. you'll be that's famous. all we really want anyway right 
Mm-hmm. We want recognition. More recognition for the threes. Okay, buddy. Uh, I guess I'll see you Monday because we're going to have to drop in on this skateboard, right? Yeah. All right. We will see you soon. All right. See you. Bye. Bye.